Now it moves. So she said. <laughs> All right, well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Hooking Up, an impromptu episode between myself. Another Dave. impromptu episode. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't that what the when we always talked about doing podcasts? Wasn't that what it was always stemmed from before? Impromptu conversations. Pretty much. Uh, first, first and foremost, <laughs> shout out to Rodney. He wanted to do a, a hooking up today, if possible. But it ended, uh, it's it's 11 o'clock sh- at night. We sh- didn't know we were going to be here. Yeah. I didn't even know I was coming until, what, half an hour ago. Um, so, shout out to Rodney. We, we really wish you were here because I know that you listen to these episodes and you're always like, fuck, I have so much that I want to contribute to it. Um, I feel like hooking up is like our big just throwback podcast yeah stuff that we loved about comics and stuff we love but even the current stuff i want to work you know i'm happy to work in i don't ever want to tr- see that's what i'm always worried about treading on um that just happens and don't well, get me wrong i love being on that too so of course and i absolutely love you know my own show as well i'm adam flores by the way in uh, case you couldn't tell in case you couldn't tell by this beautiful masculine voice that beguiles the rest of the way i look uh, first and foremost... Keep it in your pants, you're not Caesar. It's true. First and foremost, the, uh, the one topic that we do have started by Rodney Sinio himself. What you smoking? Today we just went back, we're smoking the last of my Tangier's orange soda before I have to make another order. Which hopefully by the next time we do another one of these, we'll be in the new firehouse. Yes. Hopefully. Yes. Crossed. That'd be fucking awesome. And Rodney should. Rodney's allergic to cats. Yes. Well, nothing else. We have. I'm gonna have an outdoor fire pit, and that is an extremely quiet street. Like, shit. Maybe after we're done here, I'll fucking jump in my car and I'll take you over there. Okay. How far is it from here? Ten minutes. If that. At this time of night, we'll probably be there in five or seven. That's awesome. Um. So thank you for having me. Thank. I'll thank the listeners for uh, listening again. I'm really still blown away by all the positive feedback we got to this. Like, the first episode we recorded, the first one, I enjoyed doing it with you. Recording the podcast, that is, for clarification. Um, but the amount of feedback that I've gotten, like, a friend of mine texted me. She's like, I'm spending the rest of the day reading up on Venom now. Yeah. And she's, like, a 45-year-old woman. Who was it? Uh, a friend of mine, her name's Lisa. She's on my Facebook. She's liked Um That Just Happened. Nice. Uh, she's hey, listens, she listens to um that just happened. Um, I think she, I told her to start branching out. I told her there might be views in the other uh, podcast, like you're going to get a disease, because she is very sociopolitically involved. Uh, she's more left liberal, which I don't think, you know, that's fine. I don't have, you know, I lean, I'm kind of like on different topics. I lean one way or the yeah. other. On I, I social issues, I'm more liberal, like gay marriage, fine. But then also, I'm like, abortion should be legal. If you don't want, you don't like abortion, don't get one. Yeah. I don't think we have any business regulating I don't, that. I will say, I don't, I don't want to, I'm trying to be gentle in how I word this. You know, I'm not, I'm not the, it. I'm not the person that condones abortions as a, as a term Before of contraceptive. Me. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I'm not for like 18, 17, 15 year old kids. Oh, I can have unprotected sex, so... Because I can just go in tomorrow and get an abortion. Right. No, I, w- I wasn't smart enough to use, Yeah. you know, a condom or, or yeah, birth, birth control. Thing. So I'm just going to forego it and fucking mommy and daddy are going to pay for me to get this baby 
vacuumed out. And, and I'm going to do the unpopular fuck you to, uh, I'm going to borrow from your podcast for a minute since we're on this topic. Fuck you to the guys that just are like, oh, I don't want to wear a condom because blank. Yeah. Grow the fuck up. Yeah, if, if you don't, if you, if you really don't want the risk, then take the necessary steps. Or anal. Now, <laughs> since this is a nerd podcast, why have they not come out with lightsaber-themed condoms? I thought the closest we got to that were the glow-in-the-dark ones. That'll work. But just something that you put on, there's like a little microchip somewhere where it's... <laughs> and then when you take it all, it's just... Am I the only one that really liked the... We're, uh, for the listeners out there, we have uh, The Force Awakens on mute. Am I the only one who, like, really liked the two little gangs that are gunning for Han Solo that... The, the little Filipino gang? Yeah. <laughs> Tatsu Lee and the other one. I just, just, because the one, uh, Squavian Death Dealers, the way the guy talks, it just makes me chuckle, and it never felt forced. No. Like, it honestly felt like, oh, they have brought something else, uh, they, into the universe, and they did it well. It's, it's like when you first see Jabba and Boba Fett and Greedo, like, part of you wants to know the backstory of that world, which I'm glad that they're gonna delve a little bit more into, uh, hopefully... With the Han Solo movie. It'll be cool to see, like, his actual relationship with Greedo a little bit more. Give me Liam Neeson. That's all I want. He to, said he'd do it. To play which role? Obi-Wan. Huh? Nah, keep him... Oh, as, you mean Qui-Gon? I, yeah, that was a fuck-up on my part. Um, I would love to see a Qui-Gon film. I really thought... Two characters that died way too soon. Him and Maul. But now Maul has been resurrected for the ca- in the canon universe, even. Wow. In Rebels, because Rebels is canon. I really thought Dooku should have been the first bad guy. Maul should have been the second Sith Lord. I think, uh... Because Maul, to me, could have been a lot more interesting than Dooku. I'm sorry. I don't know, maybe it was just they didn't write enough of the role. Which, everyone has universally agreed, I think, I can say this, the prequels were not the best material in the world. I think... He really put, I think, Lucas really put too much info for three movies. He, oh. To bring so much of the Star Wars universe to life. Like, everyone hated this, all the Galactic Senate sh- scenes and shit. Yeah. To me, they didn't really ruin the movie. No, because you, you kind of needed that um, to see how the Galactic Empire came into power. I do like the fact that you have the Emperor on both sides. Like, one way or another, he's coming out on top. Yeah. And it was, like, for, for people that were actually interested in it, it's just like, like, man, this this fucking Emperor, the, the Chancellor Palpatine, he's a smart motherfucker in, in the regards where he's like, okay, you know, if, if they end up whooping the ass of the... Uh, trade the Federation? Repu- yeah, the Trade Federation that he still has the Senate that he's going to be able to warp into whatever he needs to. But if the Trade Federation wins and they beat out the Senate, then he still wins because he'll end up changing that into the Empire one way or another. Yeah. And it's like, that that was cool to see the inner workings of that. And I think that's why everyone wants to see Sid, um, Plagueis. Yeah. That's why everyone wanted Snoke, you know, to be Plagueis. Well, because he brings up Plagueis 
and he makes it sound like, you know, he's this all-powerful Sith Lord kind of thing, and it's just by name only. Yeah. Like, oh, dude, like, I want to know who the fuck that guy is. The fact that George Lucas didn't have anything like Rogue One after he'd already dropped that, that name drop and didn't have, like, a movie to flesh out a little bit of early Sidious or, you know, Plagueis. I, uh, that's one thing with the, with the Star Wars universe. There's no flashback sequences for just about any of it. No. You get a few, like, Ray has, like, you know, a Force dream that was, like, a flashback of, uh, what happened with the Knights of Ren, but you don't, you don't have flashback sequences, and you, <clears throat> every once in a while it wouldn't have been too bad to use one. Yeah, and I just, I, I don't know if George Lucas was doing it only because everyone said that he had had scripts for, I think initially it was 12 films. Then he sat back and realized he was kind of treading on the same story arcs over, so he brought it down to nine. Now, Disney had said, as long as, the fan, as, long as they're still making quality movies and the fans still want to see them, they'll keep making them. They said they don't currently have an end to st- the Star no. Wars in sight. So you got Rogue One. Episode 8 coming out. Han Solo's in the works. They're talking about a Boba Fett movie. That's probably the weakest one to me. The Boba Fett? Yeah, I mean... In the what? He didn't even speak once in the original trilogy. Episodes 4, 5, and 6. He does. I think he says, like, one sentence. Yeah, it's... Like, he talks to, to Darth Vader. Like, like uh... As long as, I, as long as I get to keep the body. Or some shit like that. I can't... I can't remember the exact phrase he uses. It's in reference to Han Solo. But, I mean, Boba Fett's a cool character, but to me, they're cooler characters in the galaxy. Yeah, to me, it's just maybe because, like, he became so big for not doing really much of anything. He didn't catch Solo. And he was like the original Darth Maul. Like, he's, he's the badass that got killed in such a bitch move. Yeah. Just and like his, a blind Han Solo hits him on his jetpack and he goes flying into the Sarlacc pit. I'm like, even as a kid, I was like, what? Like, it would have been cool if he was flying over just, ah, and like. Django got taken down in pretty much a bitch manner too. But at least he had like a decent fight sequence on uh, Kamino. No, uh, Mustafar. No, it wasn't Mustafar. Kamino was the cloning planet. The yeah, plan- yeah. The, the oh, you're talking about the... Fi- oh, yeah, okay. When he's, when he's actually fighting, waiting for the Slave One to power up and everything oh, like that. Oh, okay, okay. I was thinking about the scene in the... Pan- well, for lack of a better word, the Pantheon-style thing where they have... Which was a cool scene. It was a cool scene, but he died stupidly. Yeah. He knows what Jedi are. He knows their abilities. And he's got basically what amounts to, like, a twenty two caliber Luger handgun. And he's just taking pot shots at fucking uh, Samuel L. Jackson's character. Mace Windu. Yeah. Who, I will say, Mace Windu to me was one of the dopest Jedi. I know a lot of people have a problem with him. Because, well, even when he was cast, they're just like, really, Samuel Jackson? Is he going to drop a motherfucker in the galaxy? But I, lo- I love Samuel Jackson. I like Samuel Jackson, too. But the thing about Mace Windu that I feel they really did a disservice to the character. The whole thing about Mace Windu, and, it, well, everyone knows the reason why he had the purple lightsaber. Everyone knows that. For the maybe the two listeners that maybe don't know, the purple lightsaber was specifically as a re- uh, request of Samuel L. Jackson so he could find himself in the fight scenes. 
and that his kids would be able to find him easily in the big, grandiose fight scene. I love the fact that he had a purple lightsaber, because he loves purple. But the thing about him, like, and I think it might have been disclosed in the Force Unleashed video game, which was considered canon before Disney bought it, um, the fighting style that Mace Windu employs, tightropes between the light and the dark side, between a very aggressive fighting style, giving into emotions, and reining it in. Now, I thought you have that with the character is a whole level of intrigue that they end up not doing shit with. And if you were to tell me there's a, they were going to do a fucking movie where he survived getting projected, out, thrown out of the window by the Emperor with the Force Lightning, maybe he lands on fucking one of the flying cars or the speeders or whatever, I would go see it. But you better fucking make it worth it. You have plenty of building blocks to make an awesome movie about it, especially making him a dark character then. I like the fact that he was right the whole time. Yeah. He was right in, in not trusting Anakin to a point. The thing also about that, though, is they said the boy will not be trained. They said he is too old, clouded his future is, that, he, no, you could not train him. And he said that I will take him as my Padawan learner. Obi-Wan Kenobi is ready for the trials. And they said, we will decide who's ready. So this guy goes against the Jedi Order. Says he's going to train this guy. Even though the Order has already told him you cannot train him. And we just let it at that? I, think... I almost would have rather they you found out that you know, Obi-Wan was training him in secret. Yeah, that would have been actually been pretty cool. I'm like, otherwise I'm like... But then, I, I What's think... the point of Jedi getting kicked out of the Order or having people... I think it owns a little bit more to the nobility of Obi-Wan. Like, like Obi-Wan's an honest guy. He's not going to do that in secret because that's, you know, secrecy lends a little bit more to the dark side. And he's, he's every bit not that guy. And yeah. it's like, like, look, I don't want to do that. I don't want to go behind your back. I want your approval. I'm going to train him. Help me. Help me make sure that he doesn't turn to the dark side. He has power. He has the capability of being the best of all Jedi. Like, help me mold him. And it's it's their disdain for him over and over again, and it's 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 the council's questioning of him that makes him want to start co- like looking more towards the dark side as a means to an end. Do you feel that might have overhumanized Vader though? Yes, because um, in the original, in the four, five, and six, he was just the fucking most evil motherfucker in the galaxy. Yeah, he slaughtered his own. Well, it wasn't really known that he slaughtered his own. That's a, the only really thing they tip off to was that he killed Anakin Skywalker. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's... So you and I were talking about episode one. And Rodney and, and yourself both had the contention... Well, Rodney has the contention of... It would have been cool to start episode one when Anakin's already a teenager. And I disagreed. I thought it'd be better... I thought it was good to have him as a child... But you miss too many steps or too many points to have him portray Being, the dark side of him. Yeah. The, the, the internal conflict that you got in episode two and three a little bit more. And they're really playing it up a little bit more with Kylo Ren. Yes. And you could have made him more of, of the Kylo Ren type where it's like... Like... Like you don't... You didn't see any of that with, you know, little most, orphan Annie. The most you got was the fact that Anakin wore dark black Jedi robes. 
Whereas everyone else is wearing beige, brown. I think even in episode two, Anakin wears brown a brown robe. Yeah. I think it's only in Revenge of the Sith that, that he's wearing black. black leather, Jedi uniform, black robes. Here's my biggest issue with Hayden Christensen being cast. And even, even the little orphan Annie. Get a little British kid. Because you have... James Earl Jones with this real stoic, powerful voice. Yeah. And you have Hayden Christensen walking around like, you know, I don't, I don't know what I'm feeling kind of thing when it's like, no, you know, he's, he's got to sound more powerful. You can't tell me that all of a sudden he gets that mask, he turns it into Darth Vader, all of a sudden he's, oh, uh, you know, like, I can't really do a James Earl Jones voice, but, you know, everything the light touches your kingdom. Like, that's obviously impossible, but it's, it's that voice. And I'm not saying you needed to have somebody do a James Earl Jones impersonation throughout the entire thing. But the reason why they didn't keep the guy's fucking voice that played uh, Darth Vader in the original trilogy is because his voice wasn't strong enough. See, the Anakin you got in Revenge of the Sith, I think it's the Anakin that he always should have been, even in the episode one. Cocky. Yes. Brash. All that, not pouting face, but... He always is scowling. He scowls frequently. Yeah, you want to you want to think to yourself, which way is this kid gonna go? Like, I would have rather seen him like have the scar running down his face as a child, even. Yeah, that would have been. Or cool. maybe he should have gotten that scar in the battle with Dooku. Instead, they made it an off-scene nod with Asajj Ventress in the Clone Wars. And I was just like, you know. It added so much to his overall character, that simple scar, and then you don't really... Again, something they didn't do shit with. It's just, you you know, you went, you bought your ticket, you sit down to watch The Revenge of the Sith, and he's got a scar running, you know, the right side of his face. Or the left side. I'm honestly not sure which. I think it's the right side. Alright, cool. But it's... Episode 1 had a lot more potential to be... Better. Thank you, George Lucas, for giving it to us. Yeah, at the end of the day, it's still, you know, not a horrible movie. It really isn't. It's just, I, did, I didn't need the pod race scene. It didn't live up to the groundwork that had come before it. Yeah. I, I think all you, you barely you, fleshed out. You take out the whole pod racing scene of them having to barter and bet, yeah. you know, in a way to get, you know, money, to get their shit back in order. That was just filler as far as I'm concerned. A lot of people have a problem with the Senate shit. I had a problem with the pod racing scene. But the pod racing made a great video game. Yes, the arcade game. I like use, when you're sitting I in the Nintendo 64 one. one was actually really No, that was yeah, that was good. That's the one I was referring to. Uh, um So going back to Samuel L. Jackson. A little movie was on that when you brought up the purple made me think of Unbreakable. Because if you if you watch Unbreakable, in the interior of his black jacket is purple. It's mm. like purple velvet, mm. or uh, just a purple lining. And that was that was Samuel Jackson's desire as well. Like you know, I I want purple to be somewhere in his in his outfits. Um, and his idea of purple is it's a very regal color. It was one of those colors that. You know, in, in the old days, 
it was a hard color to make because you had to mix certain dyes and stuff like that, like uh -huh. rich dyes that only um, the upper class could upper afford. class could could afford to to have. That's why Caesar wore purple robes. Exactly. So it was really cool to see that movie again, and you point you look at little things like that. Cinema Sins just has everything wrong with Unbreakable, mm. and Unbreakable for the for the longest time was one of my top five favorite movies. Really? It's in my top ten. I don't and, think I've ever watched it. Oh wow! It's M Night Shyamalan wrote an entire superhero movie essentially about Bruce Willis being this unbreakable guy. It's a three act thing, you know, gets his powers, struggles with them fights the bad guy at the end the end but he's like what if what if the entire movie was an act one of a guy figuring out that he's a superhero and that's that's literally the whole movie is this you know middle-aged guy that just finds out that he's got these abilities that he's had them his whole life and it's just you know life gets in the way of things and you just don't even realize it and it's such a good movie. Everyone's acting in it is perfect to me. Um, and some people like it. Some people really don't. As a comic book fan, I absolutely love the movie. I feel like it pays a lot of respect to the medium in ways that we weren't getting at the time. Because it was either... To me, that's how you do a dark, engrossing movie with soul behind it. Because there are really powerful performances in it and you get a lot of the little subtle stuff like there's there's a scene where he's in a comic book store and he's just kind of he's in a wheelchair uh samuel jackson and he's just being an asshole and he's bumping into all these fucking comic book shelves and they're knocking over comic books and i'm like oh i know the comic book i know the comic book i know the comic book and it's i'm turning into a little bitch watching the movie but even how he talks about the um the medium itself he's like for generations stories were passed on in pictorial form comic books are the same thing yeah. it's a tradition it's a tradition that's passed on from person to person and what if it became jazz jazzized and turned into people with flamboyant superpowers but it's really based off of there have been through history extraordinary beings and we just blew it off as you know superheroes are a fantastical thing and it's a great movie in terms of the heroes being depicted in uh, picture form wasn't the uh, like the Aztec and the the Mexican, the early Mexican like the hieroglyphs inside the Mexican pyramids, like the fighters of you know uh, I don't even know any of the lore. I just know like uh, Quetzalcoatl was the the mythological bird, right? Yes. And but I remember wasn't there a warrior that killed Quetzalcoatl, or was permanently in battle with him, and that was part of their explaining of the seasons or something. Something like that, I don't know. I'm... Okay. But all there was is in picture form. Yeah. And it's, it, I'm telling you, if, if you've never seen Unbreakable, um, don't listen to what other people say, because a lot of people are like, it's boring, it's a long movie, you know, it's drawn out. You know, I want to see more of this guy being unbreakable. But it's it's not about that. It's, it's, it's more about the... It, it's a guy struggling with a day-to-day -day life. Like, he's got marital problems at the time. He's got, you know, a kid that he doesn't know how to connect with. Um, and meanwhile, he's got this fucking black guy just nagging in his ear about, you're special, you're this, you're that. And, and all his life, 
He's trying not to be special. He's trying to fi- fly under the radar and just be a regular fucking guy and do his best to get, like, a, a decent job. He's, he doesn't know if he wants to be at home anymore. He's doing his best to stay away from his, his wife. Um, and, like, towards the end, he's starting to find out who he is, who he could be now that he's gathered this information. And, you know, in pure M. Night Shyamalan style, it all kind of falls into a weird little place at the end. And it's, to me, it's it's a great, great movie, especially if you're a comic book fan. If you don't like Unbreakable, I don't know how to help you. M. Night Shyamalan, there's a guy who just, like, fell off the Hollywood scene. Okay, so let's let's go down the gamut of M. Night Shyamalan movies. So, obviously, it starts with The Sixth Sense. Awesome movie. Everyone knows the ending now. Everyone knows the storyline. Yeah, it's probably become one of the most cliched things in all of pop culture references. But the first time you saw it, you can't act like... If, if it wasn't spoiled for you, when you first saw it, you were just like, holy fuck. It was a good twist. Even for people to like, I knew it. I saw it coming. A, number one, fuck you for being that guy. But B, it's it still didn't take away from the impact that the movie had. Yeah. Um Right after that was Unbreakable. Unbreakable is the second movie. To me, loved it. Absolutely loved it. Third movie, Signs. Another movie. Fucking love it. Anytime it's on, keeping it on. Let's watch this shit. It's the... Next to Alien, I think it's one of the best Alien-themed horror movies. I don't think... I don't really understand why everyone gets down on the aliens being weak to water. Mm -hmm. Um... You have basically the same thing in what, War of War the Worlds. Worlds. I'll just think about that the other day. They were taken down by bacteria. Yeah. And I'm just like, you know, there's probably some, you know, and if it comes to the point where, you know, our, mankind starts, exp- you know, exploring planets that can possibly host our type of life, I'm sure there'll be simple little things on all those planets that kill us. I mean, fuck, yeah. look how many planets, look how many plants alone in our own planet are toxic if we are exposed to them. Yeah, I mean, how many creatures live near, like, you know, in some ocean depths that have never even been discovered yet? They have toxins that, you know, aren't even on any type of periodic table whatsoever. Like, there's stuff in our own world that we haven't seen yet that makes it so fucking cool to me. I just don't get why everyone gets gets so down on that one point. Was the dialogue the best? You know, swing away? I, I mean, to me, I liked it. I mean, the whole movie's called Signs. You know, it's all about everything happens for a reason, essentially. Yeah. And and I, I still liked it. Because I remember watching it like, oh, shit. Like, it's, you know, it's this back and forth thing. And I, I really I really dig that. You know, the fact that his son had asthma worked out perfectly in his favor. The fact that the little girl happened to not finish any of her glasses of water ends up, you know, saving the day at the end. Um, so, to me, I didn't, I didn't really mind the movie. Uh, after that was... Village? The Village. Another movie that I love, that I think is sorely underrated. I was pissed off because somebody ruined the ending of that for me. So, I have yeah. not finished watching that as a result of that. The, the village, it looked really cool coming into it. To me, The Village was the inspiration of the movie The Witch. Which, I love. I absolutely love oh, that movie okay, as well. Okay. Um, but the, you can't argue that the, the acting in The Village wasn't superb. Great acting on all all fronts. John Hurt, or is it John Hurt? Yeah, I believe so. The guy that played Thunderbolt Ross? Yeah, I 
believe I believe so. You know, William Hurt's William Hurt. Oh, is it William Hurt? John Hurt is uh the crazy guy from Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull. The old crazy ah, guy. Ah, okay. Yeah. Who's also in nineteen eighty four. After that was what? The knowing? The happening? After that I believe was Lady in the Water. Oh, okay. With um Paul Paul Giamatti? Paul Giamatti, um Bryce Dallas Howard again, just like in the village. Because he has, like, overlapping actors and actresses. Um, Which you can't get down on. The king of that is Tim Burton. Exactly. But to me, it was... Lady in the Water is... He he takes... He takes archetypes and, and flips them. So you got... Sixth Sense is essentially just a ghost story that he turned into something else. Um... Unbreakable is a superhero story that he turned into something else. Signs is an alien movie. He turned into something else. The Village is like a period piece. He turns it into something else. And then uh, Lady in the Water is a fairy tale, essentially. For all intents and purposes, it's a fairy tale that he turned into something else. Yeah. The Happening... The Happening was the first one where I was like, Okay, dude. I think, what? You, I think you only felt like that because it was Mark Wahlberg. That didn't help. But... The trailer for the happening was the shit that you got all these people just offing themselves in really crazy ways, like the woman that puts the the sewing needle just right into her neck, or the guy that lays down in front of the lawnmower. The lawnmower. I was like, holy shit, that's some those some real fucking powerful images, and it you know, but the acting in it was absolutely horrible. The part where Zoe uh, Deschanel's like, look, there's a car, and then a car like just pulls up out of Miguel Lepe and I must have laughed for 10 minutes like we had to pause the movie just to laugh because we're like that was such a terrible line read of that like it was it was horrible absolutely horrible um so that movie was like oh man that's a big strike then there was the last airbender and i didn't even see that to know that it wasn't going to be a good movie then after that was after earth is that the Tom Cruise movie? No, that's the Will Smith and Jaden Smith movie. Oh, God, yeah. I finally watched that. How was it? Bad. I didn't even give it a chance. It was a shameless vehicle to try to propel his son's career. And honestly, that's the entire... Like, I was, I went into it like, you know, I want a good action sci-fi film, so maybe this will just fit the bill. I don't need, as I've said before, I don't need a movie that's going to win 16 awards. Entertain me and that's all I ask. It didn't entertain me. It felt like just a bad vehicle for his kid. That sucks. And um, that's kind of like my gripe with um, Kevin Smith. Yeah. I'll give you that. Alright, so then the other problem, or the other movie that he had a hand in, that I actually did like a lot, was Devil. Mm. The one that takes place all in an elevator. Yeah. I thought that was a great movie. I haven't watched it. I did read the synopsis of it online, and it makes me want to see it. I'm waiting to find it on Netflix. It is on Netflix. Is it? Yes. Oh, cool. I'll have to... That's on Unbreakable's on Netflix as well. I'm probably going to take a couple days off due to events, personal events coming up in the next few days. I'll probably try to knock out one, if not both of those. Watch Unbreakable, but have the time to really <clears throat> watch it. Okay. Like, try not to be distracted because, you know, it's, it's very dialogue-driven. You know, it's there, it's not an act. There, no, there aren't really action sequences in it. It's not that kind of superhero movie. It's, it's an M. Night Shyamalan movie with, you know, 
some good acting. So, I guess that's the whole gamut of his movies, right? I didn't. Yeah, I don't that, think I missed any. No, I don't think you have. That's what I'm saying. He just. The last Airbender came out when they made what? Also, what? Dragon Ball Evolution. They t- started taking anime movies, oh, anime man. films, and anime properties and converting them into movies. That Dragon Ball movie. I remember watching like the first half hour. I'm like, this fucking sucks. Like, what are you guys doing? And wasn't a Hugo Weaving Piccolo? Was he? I don't know. Can you look that up real quick? Yeah. But, I mean, M. Night Shyamalan <clears throat> had the opportunity to be the next Hitchcock. Yeah. In, ev- I totally in agree every with way. And he just <clears throat> fucking sullied that by doing a, a piss poor job. That was how I felt with uh, White Noise, Michael Keaton. Yeah, you mentioned that. Because that one really, I was so stoked about that. James Marston was Piccolo, the uh, Spike from Buffy. Yeah, okay. And That's what I still don't get, like, um, Hugo Weaving, Weaving saying he didn't like being the Red Skull. He also said he didn't, oh, there's another, there another role that he said that he didn't care for. I think it was Transformers. Well, that's okay. A lot of people didn't care for Transformers, so... But he did voiceover work, dude. Like, you're not even acting. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. You're getting paid to talk. But that first Transformers had some of the worst voice acting. You could barely understand those characters. Some That was, like, the first trailer that got released for The Dark Knight Rises with the first incarnation of Bane. Yeah. Where everyone's like, wait, what did he say? Now, I will say The Dark Knight Rises... I, I do like that movie. Is it too long? Of course. Are there plot holes... More than Swiss cheese? Yeah. I, my big gripe is I didn't like how they combined No Man's Land. They borrowed the whole Gotham's isolated and that was, that was it. A lot of that shit just didn't make sense to. Like, I don't, know, I don't think that there was a way that they could get away with that kind of thing. But I really feel like that's become Warner Brothers MO. It's just, uh, oh, well, we'll borrow this plot device from this arc. And then instead of creating or crafting an independent tale using the groundwork that was laid by the graphic novel... Or by the comic book, they're just, oh, I'll borrow this plot point. I'll borrow this plot point. I will say that there was somebody that, um, they made a Robin costume based off of just the image that was in uh, Batman v Superman, the the Robin costume that was there. Like, somebody actually made, like, a, a refurbished one without the ha-ha-ha jokes on you. Like, mm-hmm. like what they think Robin's costume would look like, and it looks fucking cool. See, I thought they should have just <clears throat> skipped Robin's costume. I thought George, Joseph Gordon-Levitt would have made a great, like, Nightwing. Yes. I th- I think they missed a huge opportunity with Joseph Gordon-Levitt. He, I mean... He has star power and the youth and the, the drive as an actor to, to play a role like that so well. And I, I think, would love to see him in an actual superhero movie. Like, I didn't go into that movie expecting to really... Yeah, go ahead. I went into seeing The Dark Knight Rises... Not really expecting to give much of a shit about that character. Yeah. But then when you see him basically inherit the mantle of the protector of Gotham, I was like, oh shit, this could be really awesome. So whenever I saw an article online about that, oh, they're possibly either making him the Red Hood or making him Nightwing, I was like, fucking do it. Yeah. I think he could have played either one of those roles perfectly. Yeah. He had the quiet stoicness to be a Night- to be a Red Hood. To be slightly vengeful. But the rebelliousness of... Yeah, but here's the thing. He didn't like killing somebody. Yeah, that was, I was just about to say. They, I really felt they brought that up on the wrong character. Yeah, 
Like, that, you're and, a cop, and, dude. And, and if, yeah. You're, there's a chance you're going to kill somebody you know that. Then you <clears> killed <throat> a dude with a ricochet. Stop yourself. Yeah. I was... That scene is probably one of my bigger gripes of that movie. Okay, speaking of Joseph Gordon-Levitt, I don't think there's a movie of his or a role that he's played that I didn't like, that I've seen. Um, Angel in the Outfield, of course, awesome. Did you ever watch him on Third Rock from the Sun? Yeah, he was hilarious. Inception? Yeah. I mean, he... One could argue that he even upstaged Leo in a lot of ways. Like, I was yeah, looking I forward to when he was on screen. Yeah. And the whole uh, circular motion or the the rotating room fight scene, that was all done with practical effects. Like, they built a stage that actually rotated. Genius. That's another movie I need to go back and watch again because I've only watched it once. And I think it's definitely that's a movie like Fight Club that it benefits from repeated viewings. He, uh, I will give it to Christopher Nolan in the sense that, yes, Inception is a very um, CGI-driven movie in the regards of there, there are certain things you can't do with practical effects, like the the um, the worlds converging on one another and stuff like that. But he does it from a distance. You know, nothing's really happening up close that you're just like, man, that just looked phony as so much of that was done with practical effects, and I give so much props to Christopher Nolan with that. I'm not a big Christopher Nolan fan, but I give him all the props in the world for that. Um, I really feel like they, the creators of Doctor Strange watched that to craft the world that they're creating from the trailers. Yes, and I think that they're, they're really making that into something. Like, like they're like, oh, that looked cool. All right, let's extrapolate that on a larger scale. And then perfect it. Mm-hmm. I mean, CGI is one of those things. Five years makes a huge difference. Amazingly. A huge difference. I mean, you look at something that happened five years before Jurassic Park, and then you watch Jurassic Park, which still holds in so many ways as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I really don't think Jurassic Park has the weaker CGI of films. And, I mean, that movie was, what, 93? Yeah, I believe so. M- Mid-90s, the latest. And I- that's... 20-some-odd years ago by now, and it still holds. I mean, you want to see CGI that doesn't hold up. The Spawn movie comes to mind, which I love that Spawn movie, but that CGI does not hold up. The Matrix. Yeah, especially Part 2 and 3. Oh, yeah. The the rubber Neo fight scene is just... Oh, the Army of Smiths. Yeah, it's just bad. Um, so then, okay. So then Joe scored Love Levitt. Uh, Don, Don John was dope. Played a great. I mean, he directed that movie. It was his directorial debut. I think he did a great job. I heard he's basically dissing himself from acting now. Yeah, he's getting more and more behind the, the scenes. He was on that High Wire movie. Mm-hmm. Haywire. No, Haywire's uh, the um, Gina Carano. Gina Carano movie. I'm not familiar with High Wire then. It's it's he's on a High Wire. I don't know what it what it's called. I can't remember what it's called. It off the top of my head. I can only remember so many movies at a time. Looper. Looper's one of those movies I, w- I wasn't expecting to like as much as I did. And a lot of people get really confused with it uh, when they do what. Have you seen Looper? Oh, yeah. I think his portrayal of a young Bruce Willis was fucking sp- spot on. 
You said looper. I'm thinking jumper. Oh. Yeah. Coincidentally, also a Hayden Christensen movie. Yes. Never saw it, but I heard it's good. It's entertaining. Um, It was when they wrote it, they planned for there to be a sequel. It did go poorly. Obviously, I highly doubt there will be a sequel, but it. If they were to make a graphic novel sequel, I would definitely pick it up because they introduced a lot. It was one of those things that, like, say there's Act 1, 2, 3, and 4. They jump into the movie at 2. And they leave a lot of questions to, you know, to fill out the backstory. Where's the exposition and stuff? Yeah. Yeah. Which, if you're going to do that, I feel like you need to secure the funding for the second movie. Yeah. Otherwise, you need to recraft it a little bit. Agreed. Because... You're really doing a disservice to your property. Which, because yeah. I guess Jumper is a series of novels. Okay. And I think that's what they did. They jumped in at the. Okay. Terrible use of phrase, but they jumped in at the end of the first book slash the exposition of book two. But did you see Looper? Yes. Yes, I did. Did you like Looper? Yes. Do you think that he conveyed a good. Yes. Young yes, Bruce he Willis? Did. Between the nose thing and the. Okay, so, let me branch into something else, because I'm that fucking guy, apparently. We know you are, and we love you for it. I feel like... So, Akira's one of my favorite fucking movies of all time, too. What you say? Akira's, like, one of my favorite movies of all time. Uh, you've seen that, right? Yes. Did you, did you enjoy Akira? Yeah. Akira, depending on how... I'm a big anime it. fan. Even besides that. Because I like to see... I like to think of anime like the Japanese do, where it's not a cartoon movie. It's here's a movie. It Eating happens to be yeah. Drawn. It happens to be animated, and I'm a I'm a big lover of that kind of style because you don't limit yourself to saying I'm gonna I'm just gonna try to reach kids. Yeah. It's I'm making an adult movie that happens to be animated. Now I think um, I'm gonna interrupt you for one second. I think Americans are jump American cinema is jumping on that. Yes. But they're doing it a little bit badly. Yes. The Killing Joke, obviously, I think is a big, rep, the biggest representation of it right now, and they did it badly. I heard it's, I heard it's got awful. Um, but, okay, so you have Chronicle, which is basically like a ripoff of Akira. Mm-hmm. You have Looper, which, when the little kid starts flipping out and he blows everything up, is like a scene right out of Akira. Stranger Things has so many nods to Akira. And for a person that's waited 20-some-odd years for them to finally fucking make a live-action Akira movie, I'm worried that if they were to do it, then people are going to be like, well, this is just the same thing as Chronicle. This is just the same thing as fucking Looper. This is just... And it really fucking hurts I to think, think that. I don't think you'll have that problem because Akira has a huge fan following. Mm-hmm. Um, Looper, I don't think, has that kind of following. But you and I both know that when Fantastic Four came out, a lot of people were like, this, this is a fucking, this is The Incredibles. Yeah. Or, yeah, The Incredibles, yeah. I only saw it, that started coming around, I think, when they were doing the uh, Fantastic Remake. Um, or Chronicle 2. Josh Trank really stayed a little bit too much in his comfort zone of what he does. And everyone said, you know, you made a great sequel to Chronicle, you made a piss poor fucking Fantastic Four movie. And then he couldn't even own up to it. I just really hope that if they do, if they do do an Akira movie, I hope they do it well. Yeah. Because you have the means right now to do it. 
try your hardest to stray from CGI is my only bit of advice. And you and I have had a long conversation about that shit. About my love for practical effects. My absolute love. And thank you for tagging me on that one thing where it's like, this is what you were talking about in that sense. It's the reason why I love The Force Awakens so much. Yeah. For, I, all, for all the little bits and pieces that people have a problem with, so much of it is done with practical effects. And I fucking love that And shit. I hope that was a lesson, or at least a wake-up call to everyone else that, no, you don't need all that CGI. I still don't get why George Lucas went back on the original trilogy and added in a couple more beasts and a couple little other things CGI. I don't get why he felt the need. And they look like shit, like the, yeah, the it, little stuff that he had. It's bad CGI. Even when they put in uh, Jabba the Hutt. It was bad CGI. It was bad CGI. And the part where Han Solo is like walking over his tail and shit like that, like it's you can just see him like, like, like it's a quick cut jump over his tail and back down. I'm like, he, oh, what yeah. the fuck were you thinking with that shit? I still don't get what, on many things I don't get what possesses George Lucas. Or what possessed him. It's, I don't know if he was feeling feeling that he was getting on in years and he knew he wasn't maybe going to live to see the, you know, fulfillment of what he had wanted. His big grandiose idea for Star Wars. But man, it was just... Bad choices. Yeah, that, the the speeder sequence, even when it, like, I'd almost rather the blurb underneath the speeder because he, like, edited it out to make it look like it was actually hovering above ground. Yeah. I still think that that looks shoddy. I still love, okay, now I'm going to jump around, um, how the DC fan base lost their fucking minds because, like, Suicide Squad got torn apart. But I remember one of my earlier appearances on On That Just Happened, I, my fuck you was to Metacritic and those online aggregated websites for scores and shit because people use that, they put too much weight on it. Yeah. I couldn't believe that the DC fans got so bent out of shape because the movie got shit reviews and shit scores. I, I'm still pissed at superhero hype blasting that movie like hyping that movie up like crazy like oh it's passing the 700 million dollar mark like so did your boy kevin smith <clears throat> yeah. your boy kevin smith's becoming a paid shill because he is the ambassador to the nerd culture that man should be able to acknowledge he, he never acknowledges the negatives i think kevin smith has gotten enough bad reviews that he doesn't want to concentrate on that shit well, that's fine, but if you're going to be the guy who's out there reviewing and championing shit, you got to be realistic. I could say I don't like something in a movie, but I can still say it's, a, you know, it doesn't, like I said, it doesn't have to win 18 awards. Entertain me. You also have no problem saying how fucking bad a movie is. Oh, no, I, I <laughs> truly don't. And I'm really trying to temper it and develop more of a gray area middle ground where. Yeah, it was weak in X, but Y makes up for that, and it was still a decent product. I know that's one of my personal problems. Here's a movie with bad CGI. Green X Lantern? X-Men Wolverine Origin. Yeah. Like the part where the claws pop out, and he's like, you know, just in the mirror, just banging them off, there's sparks flying and stuff. I was like, that looks fucking horrible. That's what amazed me. That was the one thing that amazed me about Green Lantern. Yes. For a movie that was made so recently, but the CGI looks like it's early to mid-2000. I'm like, 
what the hell? The floating heads drove me crazy. Like, there, there are scenes where his head just... Is attached to a digital body? <laughs> yeah, it's just in the worst ways. Like, like, come on, DC. Like, I'm giving you guys chance after chance. Like, DC, now I've gotten to the point where I'm like, please, please impress me. Like, I'm giving you guys a wide berth here. Fill the void with something that, that gets me to like, yes, okay, I'll, I'll hold on to this. And with, that's... That's where I feel like Guardians of the Galaxy, also in the same vein as Star Wars, all the Ravagers were practical effects. Guys with prosthetics. And they looked good. We understand they're going to be aliens. We understand they're going to be weird looking. That you might look and be like, how the fuck does he even breathe? Maybe he doesn't breathe. Not all aliens have to breathe as we do through our nose. Fuck it, you have a walking tree that looks better than... Okay, so if they if they just would have made Guardians of the Galaxy into a Green Lantern movie, it would have been perfect. You needed to make Top Gun meets Guardians of the Galaxy. That's how you make that movie. If if you, I think I said on on that just happened. If Tom Cruise would have would have been flying around and he found a lantern ring at the end of Top Gun, that would have been a perfect Green Lantern movie as far as I'm concerned. Because you get the whole brash like you know I had a I was inverted, you know, you take those whole scenes, take out the volleyball scene, take out, you know, the little bullshit scenes, the end sequence when they're fighting against, you know... Brandon Kelly's probably losing his mind right now. Yeah, whatever, fuck you. You take that shit away, and you have a great, great Green Lantern movie. Yeah. You know, it would have been absolutely perfect. Um, And a lot of people argue that Tom Cruise is a short guy, but... For Hal Jordan, you don't need, you know, a tall, stoic dude. I mean, I think Ryan Reynolds wasn't bad casting. No. I think it was honestly bad writing, bad technical decisions. And a lot of people blame Ryan Reynolds for the role, for whatever reason, or they put it on him like, oh, fuck. I think a lot, I think it's just trendy to pick on Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. And I think Deadpool was his redeeming piece of art. As far as I'm concerned. See, Ryan Reynolds has always been just a guy he makes me laugh. He was funny in Van Wilder. You know, I enjoy. I actually enjoyed him in the first Wolverine as Wade Wilson. Until they got so far off the map with <sighs> Deadpool as a character. Fucking Daniel Craig. Um, but even, like... So T.J. Miller was on the show The Hot Ones. And he... They, they talked to him about Ryan Reynolds, and he's like, here's the thing about Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds is so scared that people don't consider him funny because he looks good. Like, that, that's the good thing about Deadpool. You put him in this outfit, and it detracts from his, how he looks for a minute, and you concentrate on the humor. Like, it used to be, he's a good-looking guy that happens to be funny. When, by the time Deadpool came out, it's like, look, he's funny. And happens to be good looking. Yeah. In which T.J. Miller says it kind of fucks things up for the rest of us comedians. Because it's like, now everyone expects us all to look the way this fucking guy looks. Um, but it, it goes to show you that, you know, that he can be that guy. Like, he's like, I work fucking hard to look good. You know, mm-hmm. like, you know, I hit the gym. I, you know, mm-hmm. diet myself a particular way. And Chris Pratt's kind of getting on that. Yeah, but he's... Again, the two of them, if they were to be in a fucking movie together, would be fucking awesome. Can you imagine the banter between the two of them? 
Like I saw a preview for a movie uh, I think The Magnificent Seven. Yes. And Chris Pratt's in it. Samuel Jackson's in it. I who was that? Denzel Washington. Oh shit. Okay. But they're they're quippy, but they're funny and dark. Yeah. I can't. I I'm actually really excited to see that movie. I saw the my first preview and I was like, and I had heard about the movie before and I was like, oh whatever. But I saw this preview and I was like, wow. I want to see this. This yeah. looks good. And I think that that's that's how I want the Han Solo movie to be. I think a, a, essentially a space western, like like Firefly. If you were to make a Han Solo movie and it'll basically be Firefly, I'd be okay with that. A, a smuggler out in space firing off the hip at Greedo or whomever, and like he reholsters, goes back with his bandits of Chewbacca and who and maybe Greedo's on his squad at that point. And you have Firefly, live action again, like Serenity, like, you know, full action movie. I would pay $40 a ticket for another Firefly movie. Oh my god. I don't think it'll ever happen. I don't think it will. But the fuck, that was such a good movie. I mean, have you ever seen the, um, the panel, the, the San Diego Comic Con panel where it was the entire um, cast of Firefly and Joss Whedon? They're, you know, they're, they're fielding questions from the audience and shit like that. And they're just talking about the show and talking about the movie. And Joss Whedon, and this is after he made Avengers 1. Joss Whedon says, to this day, this is the best group of people I've ever worked with. I always hear that about Nathan Fillion. I mean, he's, he looks like, what you see is what you get with Nathan Fillion. A, a, a well-hearted, nice guy. And Hollywood goes against that in a lot of ways. Um, I love the fact that Marvel's giving him a chance. I love the fact that he's coming around as being a notable actor again. Yeah. Because he has the acting chops behind him. Yes, he's deaf in one ear, so that might cause some problems for him. But, yeah, Firefly would be a great movie. Even if they were to do, like, Firefly, not now everyone's older kind of thing, and you get to see the evolution of these characters, hopefully... Summer's a little bit not as crazy, you know. She's gotten... Control of her shit. Yeah. I think that'd be awesome. Again, you know? getting away from the stereotype of a female character not being able to control her shit. Oh my god, dude. Fucking X-Men characters. Okay. Another tangent. This Miss Peregrine's school of... Whatever. Some wayward... Ch yeah. Something children? <laughs> Ironically, I was, uh... Oh, I, I don't mind putting it out there. I was, uh... I'm in the process of looking for a house. And that book was actually sitting in a room in a house that we're looking at. Um, a young teenage girl's room. Which had a lot of conflicting things, which I'm worried about this girl. Because I know there's a shelf with like three pet teddy bears. And then a six inch Japanese style sword dagger. That's laying in cool. front of him. And I was just like... <laughs> like where were you when I was 16? I was like, how fucking random is like I I grabbed my wife and I was like, look at this shit. I'm worried for this kid. This kid needs an outlet. Well, or she maybe just needs to listen to the show. There you go. As I'm watching the trailer for that, I'm like, this is what X-Men First Class should be. Or should have been. X-Men First Class I, I thought was a good movie. I love X-Men First, First Class. But again, it's jumping too fast into, here's this worldwide conflict that we gotta fight. Start, start small. small. Yeah, you don't need the... The whole world mm -hmm. in jeopardy. Yeah, here's here's a group of people against our school. Fight those people. The end. Yeah. Next one, now turning into turn it into okay, 
now we got to fight something a little bit bigger. You know, Magneto does the whole stadium lift thing, whatever the fuck. And then you do that. Which then is you actually can move on pretty fight. decent CGI, in my opinion. Yeah, but it's, again, you guys are Fox. You guys are doing way too fucking much. Way too much. There's nothing wrong with having a base first. Figure out what you want to do. Start small, like Iron Man. Iron Man, essentially, it's a small movie. It's this guy versus his quote-unquote mentor mm-hmm. over armor. It's, you know, an internal company conflict. Boom. Fighting. Second movie. Okay, now they're in another country. They have to fight Whiplash and stuff like that. And that turns a little bit more into, you know, the effects of Tony Stark in the rest of the world. Like, that he's this untouchable entity as Iron Man. And no, you know, like, I can... It, Essentially, Whiplash is like, if, if you can scar God, then, like, 300, you know. You scarred the God, now all of a sudden people stop believing in him. Um, if you can make God bleed. Exactly. And then the third one, people obviously... People stop believing in him. Exactly. Then the third one, of course, it brings it back. It brings it back to this internal conflict of a company versus company in, in so many ways, and he has to find his way back. That's how you do a large-scale property. You start small build the shit up. That was my one, one gripe about Civil War. They needed the scene for why Tony fell in line with the Sokovia Accords. Uh, what, was that Viola Davis? Uh, the woman that presents him with the picture of his no. son, her son that died. No, it looks like her, but it's not her. He had already seen his weapons kill U.S. soldiers. Yeah. He had already had the sit down at the podium. Ever, can everyone just sit down and do this a little informal? I was like, you've already done this. You know your weapons killed. So what the hell does it make it? Right, you're What's st- the big deal that somebody died as a result of you fighting? Not only that, but you had that in, in, in Age of Ultron. Yeah. You had the twins that hate them because of what the Stark Industries weapons have done to this country. So I, I feel like they could have... That was my one gripe. I almost wish they would found something else to polarize Tony Stark to make him or just, beat back the Sokovia Accords. Yeah. You, you could even just take that little scene out. Yeah. And he could still just pull out the thing like, you know, here's this kid that, you know, I've researched um, my wrongdoings that I've still been trying to come to an accord with, uh, Sokovia Accord, that I've come to terms with in regards to my past dealings with making weapons. This, this ha- is still something that haunts me. There's still something that I have to try to work over, and we as a team have to get over this. Or when he was presenting the fact that he was going to fund all those scholarships, maybe that could have been this one scholarship that he was going to hand select and give out on stage because of whatever that young kid had been working on. Yeah, like you could call him out, like, is uh, so-and-so in the audience? And, and then like, have, have someone like, stand up and be like, he died like six months ago. Yeah, and like, then have it come out. I was Otherwise... Boom. Uh, that that's my only gripe of Civil War. After rewatching it like seven times, that was awesome. I love that. I love the fact that you you and I are rewriting scripts that are already over and done with. But it's it's good. You know, I've, I've been actually jotting down ideas for hooking up, and one was take a movie, a scene you didn't like in a particular movie, and Ooh. now rewrite it that you feel would make the movie either better, or that scene better, or make it more impactful. Because this, this is something I've been toying with either bringing into this show or possibly um that just happened because it has a bigger guest base. The, uh, this show, in my opinion, is a small show. 
I plan to keep it no more than three people. We can do four. I will welcome. Yeah, we a did four with show. Nelson. Yeah, I welcome having more people on, but that that's why I've been hesitant to bring up this topic because I don't want to make it a topic in my show because I feel like it works for either this show or your show. So if it can be in both, I don't mind. Okay, and I encourage that. Here's a better question: What's a movie to you that is standalone, as far as you can, as far as you consider it to be? perfect not so much in imagery because like you know a movie that you might think is perfect from years ago might not have had the capabilities to do what they do now but you put it on it's you have no real questions or you don't you don't find yourself trying to pick it apart because it is what it is this is as good a movie as it can get to me the end okay uh you want me to stick more comic book it doesn't matter it doesn't matter well one that jumps out to me is hellboy okay which I think is always left out of the pantheon of comic book movies or graphic novel movies. But I watch it. The, it seems like the sequel shown far more than the first one is. Yeah, which but, is still uh, a great movie. Oh, the yeah. The sequel's still great. But I never sit there and be like, oh, I would have done this. Or why did they do... I literally just sit there and watch it and just am entertained. Okay. I might, and this might surprise you that I'm going to go this route. As I was thinking, I was like, Ghostbusters 1. Ghostbusters 1 to me... Well, that was my first movie I was going to lean into, but I didn't want to go there. I don't... There's nothing that I can see myself subtracting out of the movie. Like, even Avengers. Avengers is, like, my end-all, be-all favorite movie. But there's, like, the... The whole scene, kind of, between Tony Stark and, and Captain America, when he's like, you know, is this the first time you lost a soldier? He's like, we're not soldiers. You know, like, that scene's a cool scene, but... For, the, for all intents and purposes, I could cut that down a little bit. I could see where you could cut it down, and I'm, please continue when I'm done. Uh, when I'm done speaking, I'm sorry to interrupt you. I did feel at that point of Tony, the Robert Downey Jr. and Tony Stark's character development, it was appropriate. He was still the rash, the rash playboy. I think you needed the beat in terms of coming to terms with what happened to Coulson, because you needed the weight of that. But I think if you take that scene away. And you just get to the part where he's like, what does Loki want? He wants his name on billboards. He wants his son of a bitch. You know, like, you can have that scene. I'm him. And get that all just, you know, you get the scene where they're all, Thor's grabbing the hammer. You know, the armor comes onto him and everyone starts suiting up. And it's like, you could have jumped from Coulson dying to, let's avenge this motherfucker. Yeah. Um, But Ghostbusters, to me, I think is, there's there's nothing I would take out, nothing I I would change, really. I don't get, maybe because I was young and that was before the advent of the internet, I don't get the alleged hate for the sequel. I don't either. Ever, and I know Bill Murray hates it. Really? Yeah, that was the reason that, that is, Ghostbusters 2 is the reason that he has not touched a Ghostbusters script. Outside of his little, and I'm, it kills me to say this, bullshit cameo because I was able to knock out a solid hour of the new Ghostbusters movie. I still haven't seen it. Um... You're not missing anything. Not once have I watched this and said, I'm glad I'm watching this. Or not once have, while I've been watching this have I really laughed. I've literally, it's, I'm not going to say it's a labor of love, but it's, I'm pushing myself through it to try to see what the people who did like it saw. Because I'm a, you know, I'm a, a huge Ghostbusters nerd. As I'm looking for a house, one of the biggest things for me is, 
for Halloween, uh, for Christmas several years ago, I was giving a nine-foot-tall Stay Puft the Marshmallow Man inflatable yard decoration. <laughs> and one of the things in my house hunting that I can't wait for is I'll be able to put my Stay Puft the Marshmallow Man inflatable. But, yeah, this movie, this movie's not, it's, it's not good. But I don't get the hate to the sequel. Me neither. Because I was just as in- entertained in the sequel. I think... I think the sequel, the, a big problem people have with it is it, it lended itself more to being more action figures because you got more of the different suits and, you know, more of the little gadgets. I don't even think there was that many action and then, figures. And then, I remember the Ecto-1. Well, I know a lot of people had a problem with Yonish. But, but I like Yonish. I think you needed that character. Cause you, every you villain has a, little, has a little lackey. Yeah. And that's all he was. I mean, you could argue that Rick Moranis was the lackey in... In the first one. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And, I mean, to this day, is Vigo. I mm-hmm. find, it, it always brings a smile to my face. Shit, when Maria tells me to do something, I just look over and I'm like, Command me, Lord! And I just walk away and she's like, you're such a dick. But it's it's a nod to Ghostbusters. I mean, remember when I was off after having the hospital stay I had and I texted you at like 5.10 in the morning? It's Vigo! And you respond, how fucking bored are you right now? <laughs> Uh, same Pride Ryan's another movie that I can't touch. No, correct. Like, perfect to me. The end, you know, I, I, here it is, it's a, it's a visual masterpiece as far as I'm concerned in almost every sense of the word, done. Um, but I feel, I feel that a lot with a lot of, uh, Tom Hanks movies, just because I'm a huge Tom Hanks fan, I know you're not as I, much. I wouldn't say I'm a fan of him, I think he does good work, but it's not like he's a, I don't have, like, a particular loyalty. I don't really have a particular loyalty to many actors that are like, oh, so-and-so's going to be in a new fl- film. I want to see it. Because, like, like, I like Chris Pratt in Guardians of the Galaxy. I like him in Jurassic World. He is in, what, is it Parks and Rec? Yeah. And you're watching that, correct? Or I, you did? I was. I stopped because I started watching uh, some other stuff, but it's still a, a phenomenal show. Actually, I, I stand corrected. There's one actor that usually, in his films, I, for some reason, seem to like him. Pierce Brosnan. It started when he was in James when he was James Bond. Not even, not even Ms. Doubtfire. No, I mean it was only a couple of years later that I realized. I mean it was like one of the things that I saw him and I was like, oh, Pierce Brosnan. But then a few years later I was like, oh, Pierce Brosnan. Uh, Pierce Brosnan has another movie. Uh, I think it's called The November Man, which is a spy action f- uh, film. But I watched it because it was Pierce Brosnan and he did it really well. See, I'm not a James Bond guy. So to me, it's like like GoldenEye and stuff. Thank you for GoldenEye, the movie, for spawning one of the best video games ever made. Oh, God. But as far as I'm concerned, besides that, I don't care at all about fucking anything James Bond. And oh. it's it's just a preference. Like, there's no, there's nothing about it that, that um, piques my interest. I think a I'm a little bit of Robert Downey Jr. fan, where I'll give his properties a try. But even, uh, he had the one with Zach Galifianakis, I think, what, Due Date? I thought that movie sucked terribly. I am not a Zach Galifianakis fan. It's almost, if Zach Galifianakis is in something, that's almost like a reason for me not to watch it. Judge was a great movie, The Judge. I, everyone told me that, and I have not seen it. I can let you borrow it if you like. I, I own it. It's, it's, it's a really dry movie. You get a lot of the... It's a drama. Yeah, I mean, but you get a lot of the humor of Robert Downey Jr. in it, his little quips, and... I, I know somebody that doesn't like Robert Downey Jr. and he's like, 
I didn't like Iron Man because it's just it's Robert Downey Jr. playing Robert Downey Jr. Like every role is Robert Downey Jr. just playing Robert Downey. You Jr. can't say that because Robert early Robert Downey Jr. was not the Robert Downey Jr. you got as Tony Stark. No, I mean um, a Scanner Darkly is such a weird movie. Zodiac. And, yes, fucking U.S. Marshal. Marshals. Yeah, and that's why I I I don't I'm no no disrespect to the friend of yours, but I don't get how he can say that. I mean, the person who I say that with is Johnny Depp. The person I say that with is Will Smith. And I, yes. I mean, I like Will Smith, but... I liked Will Smith. I I think Will Smith's got a little big for himself. I mean, he had that uh, romantic comedy, Hitch. Love he, that movie. Which, yeah, he was very quippy in that. Yeah. He was a funny man. And that's where I always feel like you can make... Hollywood can make damn near any actor into a funny man. With the right acting, you can make the worst actor... Dave Batista, Dave Batista, I think, did a perfect example of this. You know, his last big movie was um, Riddick. And everyone's, you know, he had a couple little, the way he delivered them made me laugh, but I'm like, yeah, you're a, mus- you're a muscle-bound guy. You're not going to be very notable in the grand scheme of Hollywood. Then you give him fucking Drax. And he blows it out of the water. And, and credit to him. Started taking acting classes. Got he, acting coaches. He started crying the second he got the role. He said, "He's like, I, I hung up the phone and I broke down and started crying. He's like, because it's the role. It's a role that I've always wanted. And that's fucking cool to, to even think of. Like, you know, same thing with The Rock. Okay, like The Rock is is a guy that, for all intents and purposes, is turning almost into like the the next Will Smith. Like, you know, the, I would say the next Schwarzenegger. Or even that. Like, but so Will Smith is just one of those guys." Okay, so Bad Boys, Bad Boys 2, now the Bad Boys 3 that's coming out, basically all the same character as he plays in just about everything else. I mean, I Am Legend, a little bit deeper. Um, he had a movie, Seven Pounds. I don't know if you saw that. Very, very powerful movie. That came out after The Pursuit of Happiness, right? Yes. And that's, yes. that's a movie that, like, you know, especially now that you have a son, if you haven't rewatched the movie now that you have a kid, it's so much more powerful once you have a kid. So much like like the it tugs at your heartstrings right from the start. Oh god. Oh, pause the recording, will you? Alright, hold on. Nine nine five two. Okay, everyone, we took a break because I had uh, something I wanted to talk about not on the podcast, so uh, we have no fucking idea where we left off. <laughs> uh, you can thank me for that. Um, sorry, OD, my OCD kicked in and I had to talk about something. And it wasn't fit for airwaves. It happened. But, uh... Shit. I'm going to go back to the Sorry, Ghostbusters thing, you know, uh, when we were discussing, like, the action figures and such. I really don't feel like, uh, I feel like Ghostbusters in that area where the movies weren't just simply a vehicle for toys. Like, there were toys from the movie, but it's not like this was made specifically just to sell action figures. Okay. Like, I remember the 89 Batman. I got the 89 Batman action figure. He had a cloth cape. Yep. Uh, if I'm correct, he had a retractable belt piece so he could, you know, fly away. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I had the same toy. <laughs> it happens. My dad still has it. 
Two action figures of mine my dad still has. I think it's still at my that house. That one in black costume Spider-Man. It was the belt that... Yeah, that, yellow, yeah. yellow plastic belt. Yep. Kind of rotated if you spun it the wrong way. I think you've spun it anyway because that was the piece that came off. So yeah. I mean, it was just on a piece of elastic string. Toys are so cool back then with that kind of shit. There's been some cool and newer toys. Do you, okay, I posted on Facebook. I didn't see if you noticed. Do you remember the... The cartoon Captain Simeon and the Space Monkeys. I actually saw that on my ride home from uh, my appointment tonight, and I was—I remember it vaguely. I can't remember character name, but I remember it being a cartoon show on in the morning. I used to fucking love that cartoon. It was—it was essentially all about monkeys. <laughs> uh, so Captain Simeon, a, a Simeon is an ape-like creature. So, like, a gorilla is a Simeon. But he's not a monkey because he doesn't have a tail. Same thing with the chimpanzee. Simeon's a no. Spider monkey's got a tail. But it's still it's still a simian, because there are monkeys on team with tail, with tails, and it's essentially what the whole premise is. You know, this team of space monkeys and simians are you know fighting lawlessness in space. And I used to fucking love that back in the day and uh. I like Mad Max. Yes, Mighty Max. Yes, Mad Max is the... <laughs> I was like, there was a Mad Max cartoon? No. <laughs> Mad Max was a movie. I was, I was really surprised how much I enjoyed uh, Fury Road. Fury Road's one of those movies where it's like... You know, you can, you can tell that they made a lot of it just to have... Um, it was a really artsy type of movie in a lot of ways. But apparently there's a there's a cut of Mad Max without CGI and it's still according to the article still a, a phenomenal movie. I heard the Mad Max video game that came out was fucking really good. Really? That's I, something I'm waiting to see go on a flash sale so I can get it for cheaper. But So I have Street Fighter 5. Shout out to Nelson for, for picking up Street Fighter 5 and there is a downloadable story content that I haven't posted yet, but so far that game's... I don't want to say disappointing, because it's a gift, and I enjoy the game, and I like being able to play against Nelson online. But the fucking assholes that are out there in this world, that you can tell do nothing but sit around and play this fucking game to be non-stop amazing, pisses me off. Because, like, I don't even have a chance in some of these matches. There's a guy I, I didn't get a hit on, because... He didn't even block anything. He just knew every how inch, every inch of of every pixel on that screen, on how to avoid something and hit me and string together a combo that was like I might as well just put the control down and be like, okay. That's how I feel playing Call of Duty some days. Yes. Most days. <laughs> every day. No, you remember when uh, a large group of us, we were all working together, were playing, and you guys were racking up like twenty, thirty kills, and I'm sitting at the bottom with like. <laughs> 12 kills and 42 deaths. <laughs> but, I mean, I was never the top guy either. For some reason, I managed, like, I started playing Destiny with a couple uh, people I met uh, in the game world. And uh, they were all much better than me. And uh, I was several le levels below them. And they're like, well, uh, can we do this? Uh, your one guy that's in your party is not as high as us. And one guy's like, no, he's really holding his own. 
I haven't played Destiny in fucking five months. Having a bad disc drive and a PS4 will do that. Yeah, you need to fix that already. Yeah, well, with the Slim coming out, I probably just buy a Slim. I'm not trying to make it sound like I've got money coming out the what you know, the yin yang, but yin yang, it's a fun word. Yes, I feel the yin yang twins who have no careers, I guess. Thank God for that. I don't even know what they did. Didn't they do Whisper? I don't know. That's it's on Hey Little Mama, we're gonna be whispering here. Yep, That's still on? don't know. Okay, I know you know the song if I were to play it. I think they did that, you know, from the windows to the yeah. wall. I think was that with uh, Little John. Hello, that song. Yeah. yeah that I'm pretty sure that's about my only song I think that has the Yin Yang Twins, and I actually know. God, that was what 2000. And late. Three. I think it was 2003 that fucking song came out. Jesus Christ. Um. Okay, so here's a comic book movie that I don't know if you've ever seen. Also, a Tom Hanks movie, Road to Perdition. Uh, have not seen it. It looks good, just never got on it. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a graphic novel movie uh, about mob gangsters in Chicago. Now, in the comic... Real gangsters. Actual gangsters, yes. Not gangbangers. It took place in the 30s, the 20s or the 30s. And That's why I like Public Enemies. The, uh, the storyline in the book, because I actually own the, the book itself, the comic book itself actually has like Al Capone's essentially the main villain going after the Tom Hanks character and stuff like that. They ended up doing that. They went with Frank Needy, who's also in, in the strip, played by Stanley Tucci. Who underrated? Oh my god, incredibly. You give me a movie with him and Steve Buscemi as mobsters. Okay. Buscemi's already got it from Boardwalk Empire. Yeah, and and he's got this under his belt. Like he played Frank Nitti wonderfully. Did you ever watch Public Enemies? You really should. Christian Bale, Johnny Depp, not being Johnny Depp. That's what I love about Black Mass. I still want to see Black Mask. I'll uh, not Mask. Mass. <laughs> yeah. Black Mask is a Jet Li movie. And he's also a Batman villain. Yes, a shitty one. Is he shitty? Mm-hmm. I mean, he's just DC's uh, Red Skull, right? Yeah, but he's like a mobster, but he's just like, we gotta get these guys. Like, See, I'm only familiar with him from uh, the animated Under the Red Hood, and he didn't. He wasn't like that. He was more a businessman, uh, Obadiah Stane, for lack of better words. He didn't stupid. talk like an Ital- with an Italian drawl or anything. I, I, he came but out I during the played... whole battle over the cowl thing. I never played Arkham Origins, which I guess Black Mask figures into big. Oh. Uh, that was the only uh, Arkham games I haven't picked up. I wanted to, I just never got to. He's <coughs> hit nicely, though. Yeah. That's the one thing I love. Um, Adam just commented, uh, we're on a second round of coals for Tangiers. And um, normally with when you put another round of coals on, sometimes you'll get a burnt taste off the jump. But with Tangiers, it's pretty much meant to keep smoking so you don't really get that thankfully all right well let's see where are we at in terms of time nine, nine, five, two. probably should yeah probably shouldn't you start wrapping it up that'd be fine 
Well, everyone, thanks for joining us for our impromptu uh, podcast, which they all seem to be impromptu. <laughs> that's kind of the way I like to, that's kind of like what I'm going for here. These yeah. are meant to be just more of a cool down, relax, us getting a little bit nostalgic, but still bring up new shit. Uh, I am kind of tentatively looking forward to broaching the new Marvel's next Marvel Now reboot, whatever's happening this fall. Hopefully we'll have something positive to bring up because Marvel's really killing me in their written form right Yeah, I'm going gonna, gonna to do my best to really uh, get back into the game of comic books because... But you're doing it without a pull list. Yeah. Kudos to you. Be, well, it's it's because I don't want to just automatically go and be like, I, I'm, I know I'm going to watch this comic book. I feel like we're going to have to like tag team this. Like We're each going to have to sit down, decide a couple properties. You be responsible for a couple. I'll be responsible for a couple. We read exchange and then we're going to start working that into pot the podcasts that's fine um so make sure you guys listen to all the other great shows on the get a disease network i didn't know this was even going to be part of the disease network it is so there's you're going to get a disease with nick luke and jonah there is um that just happened with rodney and myself there's this spinoff of um that just happened hooking up with starring david merkel and Sometimes me or whoever else he wants. Uh, Something Gate with Claire, uh, Jared, and Stephen Michael Barta. Das Drunks. Das Drunks with usually Jonah and Nick, I believe. Um, and the Badge Dialogues with Claire and now Summer. Mm. So you guys have a lot of good stuff to choose from, a lot of different angles for things. Jared's the Venom fan, right? Yes. Well, Stephen Michael Barta is as well. Uh. How much do they touch on comics in their shows? They have a, a segment corner? called White and Nerdy that they just sit down and talk about comic books. I'd really like to have them on for like a Spider-Man roundtable. And have Nelson in on it too. Well, JD and I are due for a giant-sized episode. I nearly decked your brother. Uh-oh. Nelson will say shit just to get you riled up. Yes, he will. I sent him the same picture of the Spider-Man. I picked up a copy, a pretty good... In a really good condition. I don't know what... It's not fucking graded. I don't do any of that shit. But uh, Spider-Man 2099. <laughs> and it's... Again, shout out to why I liked some comics from the 90s. The edges are all red hollow foil. Yep. And I sent it to Nelson. And he goes, huh, Hope you didn't pay full price for that. I'm like, you're such a dick. Yeah. He is. And I thought as far as all the, all the Spider-Men... Spider-Man 2099 held his own. His rogues were good... His characters were good, and I think the twenty ninety nine, the twenty ninety nine arc wasn't always good, but it had some great material. Yes. Now that I kicked that into the very end of the show. Hold on, I remember what we were talking about. What? We were talking about pursuit of happiness and uh, yes. how that lends into you your... need to rewatch it to get a different perspective on fatherhood, kind of thing. Just so that you guys aren't like. Well, these fucking idiots never closed off their thought. That was all that... Really and that was my fault, guys, for and not... It, and it all boiled down to Will Smith plays the same guy yeah. in everything. The end on that, okay? So I apologize for not wrapping that sooner, but it just... I should have made a note of where we were before I fucking paused the show. I don't think that's ever been done on any of the shows. <laughs> it happens. And it's just... And, this, and these stay raw, so... Yeah. You guys, uh, if you can stick with us through that... Uh, Please comment when this one's posted that you stuck with, and I'll buy you a drink. There you go. 
Um, and make sure you guys listen to On That Just Happened coming up really soon because I'm going to be talking about Sully. Speaking of a movie that made me cry. Sully. Sully, Sully hit me in a lot of ways. Uh, thanks for joining us, everyone. Oh, September 18th. I'm sorry. September 18th is the giant crossover episode. They were, uh, it's going to be just about every show kind of coming together as one except for this show. <laughs> about what time is it? I have no idea yet. Because I might be able to come through late. That'd be fucking cool. I mean, I don't think we'll be able to do hookah, but... No, no, I wouldn't presume to do the hookah. That'd be the way hookah, too much. Uh, if we were going to do that, I'd rather set up multiple hookahs. That would be... Which I can do, but... Yeah, I could take mine. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, uh... Well, for lack of a better, that one's probably going to stay at the FTC. Yeah. But, I mean, I could take it. It's, it's mobile. It's oh, not. where's it going to be? Is it out, uh, out there? I think it's going to be at Kube Cellars. I'm going to do everything I can to at least be able to stop by. I might not even make the recording, but at least meet more of these people. For sure, so that they can know that you're real. I thought um, we had enough people that had actually seen me. Yeah, that's still a myth. <laughs> so Kube Cellars. Uh, I'm much like a... It's in Elmhurst. I'm, I only exist in picture form. So if you guys are ever in need for wine and they the people that work there do an amazing job it's a beautiful selection they're 545 spring road elmhurst elmhurst illinois 60126 make sure to stop by over there and tell them that we sent you if you're not going to get anything for it but just tell them they, we sent you or if they want to sponsor this podcast <laughs> yeah for sure um, <laughs> would, that, would that piss rodney off if we actually right? got a paying sponsor for <laughs> like what the fuck well we got a limb insurance so yeah i'll which, take that uh, I might look at them for homeowners. Yeah. If I get a home. Let them know that we sent you. Oh, of course. I wouldn't, I wouldn't fucking not acknowledge that. So, besides that, September 18th, besides it being the mega awesome episode, it's also your birthday, so it would be a, a lot of fun to have you there. Um, but, yeah, that's it for me. This was Adam Flores. I'm David Merkel. The fantastic host of this show. and. Thanks for smoking with us.